At 1 p.m. HST, I know where I will be. Ukulele Underground Podcast for you and me. Aldrin and Erin and Kahai. And maybe Magic Mike or a guest on the fly. Ukulele Underground Podcast. Now here's the guys. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Ukulele Underground Podcast. My name is Aldrin Guerrero. Joining me are Mr. Aaron, the voice Nakamura, over there. <laughs> what's say up? what's up. <laughs> yeah. Mr. Kahai, the legend for again. Say what's up, Kahai. What's up? And ladies and gentlemen, again, what's Mr. Up, Magic Guy Mike. No, <laughs> Magic Mike Odo. Hey. How's it going, guys? What's up, man? Nice. This is what, like two podcasts in a row or something? I love this. Is this? I don't know. Were you here last time? No, I think it was at like. No, there was one in the middle. Oh, okay, 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 okay. I came in the first first of the oh. month last this month. This is this is nice though. I did see you on Wednesday. Yes. And I'm like, this I get to see Mike twice so twice this week. This is amazing. <laughs> like I love this. What up? How's how's it uh, how's it going? How's it going? Not bad. How's how's your do you have a new position at your job or you're still the same position? Not still the same position, but <laughs> new owners. Yeah, new owners at the at, at Scotty's Music. Is it still called Scotty's Music? It is, right? Yeah, we're still going to call that. Yeah, okay, okay. Scotty's Music. If you guys are ever on Kauai, go see Mike over at Scotty's Music and, and he'll help you out, you know? I will try. Yeah, yeah. So, right on. We have Mike here today. We can, uh, what, what we do here on the podcast is we answer any and all of your ukulele questions or non ukulele questions, whatever it may be. We try to answer it as best as we can. And since Mike is here, he is the music guru, basically. So, you can ask him any questions, um, anything about like uh, music theory, music history, whatever, you know, whatever you want, basically. Mike has got some kind of answer for you, you know. So, uh, I will give Some you my two answer. cent answer. <laughs> Aaron will give you his two cents. Kahai will give you his two cents. And Mike will give you his two cents. We'll give you the best eight cent answer <laughs> that, that we can. Right, everybody? Yep. All good? So uh, we are live right now, so you can type in your question live on the chat. If we have some questions that were, uh, that were asked via email or anything like that before the show, we'll answer those right now. Right, Kahai? Mm -hmm. All right. Go ahead. Ask us a question. Uh, yeah, uh, Yvette posted to the forum and she okay. said, uh, what is the best way to remove fine scratches on a glossy ukulele? Is it best to take it to a professional luthier? Okay, um, it depends how big this, the scratches are and how fine it is or whatever. Usually it's, it's, it's okay, it's character really. Like don't, don't worry about it too much. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't personally do anything, you know, like to, to, the, uh, to the ukulele, depending though, like, I mean, if it's a scratch or if it's a crack, there's like two like two different things. If it's a scratch, whatever. Scratch is happening. Like I scratch up my ukulele all the time. Like uh, with some heavy strummings and stuff. Like I mean, you probably can't see. Uh, can can you see that? Like on uh, the um, yeah, this on one is uh, the silk finish, so uh, it's like so on really matte. Uh, okay, well right there. Okay, okay, right there. You can kind of see. Um, no, here, all around there. That's all scratched up. I'm gonna have a I'm gonna have a trigger hole soon. Just like, <laughs> yeah, it's like Willie Nelson's guitar trigger. Uh, we... Barry Flanagan effect. Oh yeah, Barry Flanagan, <laughs> that's another one too. So you can kinda, I mean, you can't really see it on camera, but you can definitely see it like in person. Right here is where, you know, like most of the, uh, most of the scratching is gonna happen because when I strum, and you'll see here, um, oh. I, I'll, I'll strum it like kind of like this, you know what I mean? Like I'll, this is the direction where the strumming is gonna go. So this is, you know, this is definitely gonna get most of that 
especially if I'm rolling or anything. So scratches happen, you know, like scratches happen. <laughs> really, yeah. that's all it is. Scratches yeah. happen. If it's a crack, that's a totally different story. That's something you might want to uh, get looked at by like a luthier. See if it's you know anything serious. If it's gonna like. Uh, if it's gonna expand, you know, and 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 mess, you know, and mess with the rest of your ukulele, or if it's gonna, you know, get longer or whatever through time, that's something that you definitely want to take a look at. Scratches are scratches. I mean, like I on on my new ukulele, I already like I think got a scratch or a, even mm -hmm. like a ding, I think, like on the on the headstock. But that's just kind of stuff that happens. It it happens. Okay. Well, what do you what do you think, Mike? Uh, depends on the type of finish. For That's sure. true. Yeah, because, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. What she you, said high gloss. Right? High gloss. High gloss. So the problem with doing that on a high gloss finish is, mm. what would you have to do to fix it? Mm -mm. You know, with a lot of high gloss finishes, because of it's almost like a shell. Mm -hmm. So the only way to fix scratches would be to buff it down. Yeah. Like get it on a big buff wheel, put some yeah. rubbing compound that and buff it out. And the thing is, yeah. if you do that, what are you really doing? You're actually removing the finish. Yeah. yeah. I mean. When you talk about scratch removal from a gloss finish or any finish really, what you're, what you're really doing mm -hmm. is you're actually shaving the layer that's scratched off to a shiny layer underneath. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're, 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 thinning, you're, yeah, you're <laughs> yeah. thinning your finish out every time you do it. There's a reason why a lot of people with older instruments, refinishing, things mm -hmm. like that, they just don't do. No. You know? Yeah. You just, it'll be more trouble than it's it will be more yeah, trouble way more trouble but you're right if there's a crack yeah and then you got to figure out the question is is it a crack in the finish mm. or did it crack all the way through that's true yeah now if it goes all the way through into the wood well if you love the ukulele you better take it to a real yeah. luthier and get it mm -hmm. fixed because that can be catastrophic mm -hmm. if it's a crack just in the finish that happens i mean if it's old and if yeah. it's yeah like if it's sun damaged and stuff yeah like that, that'll definitely it, happen it, if it's an old instrument it may not that crack of the finish may not be as bad as you think mm -hmm. in terms of like uh because a lot of old finishes yeah. have cracks of some sort, and that's kind of natural and yeah. one, one thing people like in old instruments is that the, the finish is kind of cracked <laughs> a little bit because it's actually yeah. loosening up its hold on the body mm -hmm. and allowing it to vibrate free that's why you know, you get to talk to most guys, uh, read guitar magazines. Nobody's nobody says like, "Oh, I really love my you know 2022 such and such guitar." Everybody's always like, "I want a 1954 Strat or like a 1938." <laughs> and nobody would refinish that, like sand it down yeah. and refinish it. Like you, you it depends, could, it depends. you could, but mo but number one, I will say this on the the business side of this you would absolutely destroy the value. Yeah. yeah. If you have like a mid 1940s Martin D45, that thing is probably worth like over a hundred grand. Mm -hmm. You refinish it, you've cut the value like in half, yeah. at least. At least, well, yeah, like, like I said, it, it depends. I have, a, um, I have a Kamaka from the 60s, I have a 60s Kamaka and like, it was uh, it was given to my mother-in-law in a trash bag at her church. You know what I mean? Like it's like, oh, uh, you play music here? You, maybe you want this. And she looks at it like, oh man, it's like it was kind of beat up though and stuff. Like like you said, there's all these cracks in the finish and stuff. Um, I sent it over the Kamaka to get you know to get redone. Looks looks awesome. Look, yeah. you've seen it. I, I yeah, think yeah. You've seen that that so. Kamaka. And you know, it's well, it's not like I'm gonna go sell it or anything. So value wise, maybe might have went down. But I think I like extended its life by, uh, by, but I did go back to Kamaka to get it done. You know, right. it's not like I went to just some random, 
you know, person to to, uh, to do some dude with a spray gun in his yeah, garage. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was nice, and you know, just shout outs to uh to to the team over at Kamaka. Like they they're like, hey, okay, well, you know, usually it's like a a couple year wait or something. Yeah, I got it. Maybe I shouldn't say this. Maybe I'm gonna get lost. Of hate. People are like, "What? Maybe I'll drink her or Gary could just come in and get it back in three months or whatever." I got it back in three months. So shout out to to the team. But it was like early when I was dating my my now wife. So that must have been like 2010, 2011 when you know when that happened and stuff. So, so they're pro- Kamaka is probably a lot busier now. Yeah. yeah. So that's it. That's it. There it is. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Back then it was a three month wait. Now it's a two year wait. So like, like, I know I'm gonna get these emails like, oh man, maybe I'll drink Guerrero. Okay. Yeah, it, it kind of depends. When you deal with vintage instrument, there's yeah. always like there's always stuff about that. Like if you decide to uh like if mm-hmm. you tuners. Yeah. That's a that's a that's one we encounter all the time. Mm-hmm. Someone has a vintage guitar and the tuners are just dead. Yeah. I mean, they won't hold they won't hold anything. Yeah, yeah if you replace them because you want to play the guitar. Yeah. Change them, but yeah. take the old ones and put them in a bag yes. in the case. Yes. If you ever decide to sell it, the person buying is going to ask that question. Mm-hmm. Hey, you got the original tuners? You tell mm-hmm. no. That's yeah. however much money off they're going to take. Um, yep. My buddy, uh, Paul Colbanus. Okay. So Paul had like a 1964 Telecaster that mm-hmm. he'd owned. No, 67, and he bought it in like 68. Okay. So he had it for like all. And mm-hmm. he sold it in the early to mid 2000s. And back then, Fender guitars had a little a metal plate right here over the back bridge. Okay. But most guys would take it off. Mm. And somewhere in that 40 years, he'd lost it. Mm. And but if he had it. It mm. was, that right there mm. was $500 off the price that the company offered him for the guitar. Just by missing that one metal yeah. plate. It was like, he was rightfully angry about it like oh what did i do nah that's that's you know 500 bucks that's that's a lot of that's a lot of money that's a it's a used car (laughs) in some places you know yeah so if you have vintage stuff hold on to all parts of it yeah 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 so i i do have uh it was lucky because they they redid the you know the kamaka but it's they still used all the all the old parts that that it had the same saddle same nut same um uh tuners and stuff so it was was really nice I i should bring it and show you folks. So I, I think I brought it one like <laughs> yeah. a while back, but yeah, look, look at that episode. Nice. But, um, Make you jealous. <laughs> going back to the question though, I, I'm assuming that it's probably not a vintage instrument. No, no, no. It's probably like a newer instrument and it, what, from what it sounds like, it's probably like really light scratches. Yeah. You yeah. know, like and in that case, some, sometimes mm-hmm. it's like just your fingernail, like, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm just sort of slightly mm-hmm. scratching. Mm-hmm. We do have a Uke Minutes episode where we show you how to use like that rubbing compound yeah. in order to like buff out scratches. And that that's like, if you're you're careful about it, that it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Mm-hmm. But you know, um, I, would, I would just leave it. Honestly, I would just leave it. Yeah, or, leave it. yeah you can do that, but. I mean, if it's yeah. like a Uke that you're not really too worried about, like, mm-hmm. it, and you just want to make it look better, then yeah, go learn on it. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I mean, because like shops will do that for brand new instruments, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just so, buff it out or something. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it depends. What is is the instrument like? You know, if it's uh, because I was gonna say if it's one of those Kanileo with like the high gloss and stuff, you can just like wipe off the 
the scratch yeah, because it's kind of like light scratch resistant. If it's if it's yeah super light, you yeah. can just try mm -hmm. using like a microfiber cloth and just trying to wipe it off, or and maybe not like using some oil, anything. Like yeah, lemon oil and microfiber just to wipe down your instrument. It might you know it might, might come just off. come out. It might just be like that that thin. So yeah. I think yeah, if it's like a you know a custom ukulele mm -hmm. and you know that the the person like making it or like the company making it is like pretty small. You could probably contact them and be like, "Hey, uh, what should I use to like polish off the yeah, what do you scratches recommend? or yeah. something?" Because like each finish is gonna be a little bit different too, and they'll probably know the best. Like, oh yeah, you can use that, and it'll be totally fine. Or like, uh, no, like if you use that too much, it's gonna go into the finish itself, and it's gonna mess it up or something. So, yeah, yeah. if it's, I mean, if it's a pretty cheap ukulele, like yeah. I. Yeah, I would buff it out or whatever and not worry about it's it. It's your experiment much. time. So yeah. If you got a if you got like a Macala oh, or like yeah. a, a low end Macala, <laughs> try yeah, just try, try it. Just try. Just try. Now, if this is a nice ukulele, mm -hmm. I should point out, uh, if this is something you're concerned about, mm -hmm. go get a scratch plate put on it. Mm. You, you do it with all I your do. scratch yeah. guard. Yeah, scratch yeah. guard. So not it doesn't have it on this one, but um, what a scratch guard is is usually a really thin, clear. Um, you know, piece of like piece of plastic that just goes over your uh, your your soundboard here. Um, I have it on both sides because I, I tend to sometimes do go go too crazy with it. But that basically you're you're you know you're scratching on the plastic as opposed to scratching on the wood. So it just makes I don't know. It makes sense for you know for for me who who does stuff like that where like I I really need you know um, a little bit more protection. This one since like. This is not necessarily a like a gigging ukulele. This is just for here at Ukulele Underground. Uh, I figured not to have the uh, the scratch card. Plus, it, it helps with the um, with with taking video of the ukulele because the plastic might be too reflective. Yeah, but yeah, that that's it. So just either let it go, or uh, if it's if it's a crack, definitely get it checked out right away. Um, if it's cheap enough, you want to just experiment around, you can do that. If not, try to just wipe it off with microfiber or if you want to polish your uke, uh, microfiber and some lemon oil. Yep. Yeah. Next. Yeah. Uh, somebody asked, like, yeah. what do you use to uh, clean your uke if it's just dusty? Oh, yeah. And um, just the microfiber. If it's just dusty, just, you know, wipe it off and stuff. But if you do... there. Yeah. <laughs> but if you do want to, you know, give it a little bit of love, like, just add a little bit of um, lemon oil on it. Just pure, pure lemon oil. Don't put any of that other in ingredients and, and whatever stuff, right? Yeah, it could be it could be harmful to the uh, to the finish. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Next, uh, Jaden asked, "Can a ukulele be tuned the same as a cavaquino?" Is that some my question? At <laughs> all? <laughs> I mean, it's pretty high. Or I don't know if if, if I'm thinking of the same, you know, the same instrument. I'm trying to think about what the right. Yeah, that yeah, is. yeah, I don't yeah. remember. Uh, I mean, Google e Magic. <laughs> easy, yeah. easy answer to this yeah. would be with the proper strings. Yes, most likely. Could, yeah. However, if I'm not mistaken, the Cavaquinho has metal strings. Yeah. So that would be that would definitely be something. Uh, keep in mind, and people have asked this a lot. No matter how light gauge you use, you cannot put like electric guitar strings on yeah. a regular ukulele. That thing will, <laughs> you will. But, destroy it eventually. Yeah, but if we're just thinking about the the, the tuning, tuning itself, the tuning itself, it may be like it, it depends on what, what it is. What what's the tuning? Go ahead. Uh, it says the most common tuning tuning in Portugal is C G A D. C G A D. So like a low C, 
G, A, and D. Ooh, you're probably gonna have to find some specialty nylon. I, I would say, hmm. It's not re-entrant, is it? Is it re-entrant? This is how much we know uh, about Portuguese yeah, instruments. This is, <laughs> this is definitely not an instrument I <laughs> This is not definitely not an ukulele question. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is, I guess, can you tune a uke into a cavaquino, but it's more of a cavaquino question. Kabakino. Yeah. You might have to <laughs> use different strings. Oh yeah, definitely, like a, yeah. Like different yeah. gauge strings. The, the regular for, for GCEA each. strings would not I uh, at least I well I it depends on which way you're going because if you're if you're gonna go up you're it's probably gonna snap high. the strings yeah. and if go you down, go down the strings are gonna be just crazy much. floppy yeah. although that being said if they're going up mm. you could cannibalize part of an eight string set and take the octaves yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe you might get yeah, up maybe, there but maybe. keep in mind that this is not something yeah. I mean there'd be, there, you'd have to do a lot of experimentation with this yeah. And there's not a, there's definitely not a standard answer for this question. No, 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 no. Because like, I guess you could take, you know, like if you find the right gauges of strings to be able to tune it that way. But if you're taking regular ukulele strings, I, I wouldn't doubt it. I, I wouldn't do it because um, I've tuned down, say from like a tenor to like say a baritone ukulele, tuning down, you know, from from G to D, and that's you know a step higher than than C already. That was pretty low like yeah. that you know you could you could barely hear anything coming out of the instrument so unless you wouldn't feel to, must have been just oh yeah it's just super slacked yeah so i i would say either if you really want to experiment with it you know um find like the, the right set of strings that could be that could be tuned that way are the rest right, the right nylon, yeah, nylon string yeah. yeah don't don't get like you know, don't get steel strings. Don't get like that acoustic, whatever steel strings that guitars use, don't do that. Um, it's just your ukulele is probably not braced the right way like for to handle that kind of tension. That's some high, high, high tension and you're just gonna break your uke, so don't do that, okay? Yeah. Um, but find the right, you know, nylon string that can handle like the tension that would be able to tune it that way. So the answer, yes or no, it's maybe. <laughs> the answer is simply maybe. Maybe if you can find the strings, then yeah, sure, why not? Because you can tune your ukulele whatever, like like whatever tuning you want to tune it to, as long as the strings can handle. Yeah, maybe, like maybe the better option is like a baritone that you slightly tune down, right? I, I or get a cavaquino. <laughs> yeah, because it wouldn't sound like a cavaquino at that point, right? It'd yeah, sound, yeah, it'd be yeah, like yeah. pretty low and it'd sound more like a So guitar what is it again? CG, what? AD? Yeah. CG, AD. So you'd have to tune, like with a baritone, you'd have to yeah. tune three of the strings down it'd be... a, a whole step. Yeah. Because it'd be, uh, the first one is D, so you just have to tune it down a whole step. The second one is G already, so it's there. Um, yeah. The last one is B, so tune it down by a whole step. And then the last one. The G. last one. Yeah. yeah so maybe you can get D. a baritone, or like, yeah. um, if you really want, I know like um, Craig and Sarah have a baritone string set, which might for work. tenor. Yeah, for tenors, which might work. So if you're looking for something like that, maybe yeah. don't don't be like, oh, Dream told me to do this. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like use it your own, like you know. Yeah, um, discretion. Like well, you at your own risk, try it out. I, but that's that that could be an option. If we're really getting experimental and we really want to do it, and you're like, I really want to try this out. I I'm taking full responsibility for this. Craig and Sarah have a baritone string option for tenor ukuleles that yeah. might work. 
I guess it's like maybe if you only have a uke and yeah. you want to learn cavaquino music, right? Yeah. Then you can do something like that. But it's really not going to sound like the cavaquino, too. Yeah. Like, yeah. There's yeah. no way to replicate that sound with yeah. like. Just, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's one of those, it sounds like. You know, like those those TikToks or whatever, they go like, oh, make your guitar like a koto or whatever, like a Japanese yeah. koto. And you're like, oh, I don't do that. <laughs> like, it's just taking that, like that metal slide that they have, and just like sliding it all the way up here, and the tension's super high. I'm like, oh, I mean, it does sound like it, but you know, that's but probably then, not that great for When I guitar. go through strings every yeah, five oh, minutes, maybe, snap. you know? Mm -hmm. So it sounds like one of those where like, can you do this? Like, I, I guess, you know, <laughs> you could, but. It's yeah. not impossible. <laughs> yeah, it's not impossible. But but I guess it would also depend, because not, not really knowing the Kavakia, mm -hmm. I don't know, we were talking about whether it goes up or down. If it yeah. goes up, yeah. then that maybe what you want to figure out is getting some really thin strings on a soprano. Because mm. that might be able to handle going up a little bit more because you you're, you're stretching less of the string up yeah, to that pitch. Yeah. And that might work at that point. It just, <laughs> yeah. we're not Kavakino experts. Let's, this yeah, is not Kavakino But we're trying, Sorry. you know, we're, we're trying. <laughs> we're trying to use use our brains to come up with the best eight cent answer, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> That's the point of this podcast, right? All right, there we go. But I forgot to, that we, we always do that, um, that that thing in in the beginning where like just letting you guys know you know <laughs> like we're not like we're not claiming to be like experts or whatever you but you can ask us stuff yeah. we'll tell we'll, you what we, we'll <laughs> tell you what we're pretty sure about and we'll we'll definitely yeah. preface it when we're not right i mentioned you know like music theory and history and stuff like maybe we can answer those but this you know uh, that's that's our best guess let's just say that. that's our best guess our best guess is that you could probably get um, like if you want to do it to your tenor, get like a set of like uh, baritone strings for tenor and you'd be, be able to do that or get a baritone ukulele and you should be able to do that as well. Yeah. Yeah. Whether it sounds good. Uh, yeah, we don't. Maybe we don't not. Know. No guarantees. Maybe, yeah, yeah, no guarantees. And uh, anything happens, snaps and stuff. Yeah, we, we told you so. <laughs> like, I like, maybe, you know. I like when Mike was like saying, maybe you can get a soprano and maybe you get super light strings. It's like with every maybe, I heard like an asterisk next to it. Maybe, asterisk, maybe. Uh, yeah. yeah. So it's one of those. I'm just going to go this the entire yeah, yeah, answer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Skinny strings yeah. on a soprano ukulele. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, Donovan said, bored with four chord songs, mm. but not ready for too much more. What are some suggestions? Learn Five chord songs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Learn Next question. Yeah, right? yeah. Got it. Just yeah. ask us more like that. We're confident about that answer, you know? Uh, no, for real though. Um, if you're bored of five, like four chord songs, get, you know, like find, find a song that has like a fifth chord in there or six chords, you know, like that's, Really, all it is, or like learn um, learn a four chord song in a different key that forces you to learn new chords, and then that might you know um, that might cross over with some uh, with some other key. So, for example, oh, I'm finally gonna get to play my ukulele this time. So, for example, um, you know I I know my like my key of C the back of my hand. For example, I know C, F, G, and I don't know A minor maybe C A minor F G. Let's just say that, okay? So. If you learn uh, like the same, you know, like on another four chords in a different key, same key of G, okay? So the uh, it would be G, you can learn maybe E minor, C, and D. Because really all you learned is uh, just E minor and D there, 
So because G you already, you already knew, C you already knew, right? So you're just learning E minor and D. And now you know six chords, but still playing the same four chord songs. So that's, uh, and then, so when you do play a five chord or a six chord song uh, in the key of, you know, in the what, key of C or whatever, me C, yes, yeah, C, that E minor and that D is also going to be helpful. That D is a, uh, is a major second, you know, that you could, that you could do major second chord. And um, E minor is the, uh, the minor, the six, six, right? The six in that, um, in that sequence. Yeah. So now you got C. You know how to play a six chord song, <laughs> yeah. and then you know learn. Uh, or learn or E minor is also in the key of G. So oh, yeah, if, that, that's it. There's e. another song that's. So now you now you dip your toes into two different keys: that G and uh, G and C, the key of G and key of C. Then next, learn the key of D. That'll have a lot of like chords in common. If you learn it, because you already know D, you already know G. If you learn say B minor and A, you're set because. And uh, you know you can do B, D, B minor, E minor, A, G. All of those are are in that key of D. The last chord in that sequence would just be the F sharp minor. So if you learn the third chord, you know, that's new, then you can uh, you can handle the key of D. That's really like the best way to do it. Just if you're down with four chord songs and you know, and don't want to like overcomplicate the song itself, but you're down to learn some new chords, do it that way. Or just learn chords and songs and more chords. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I get it though. I get it. I get yeah. it. <laughs> I think uh, when people start off, like learning mm -hmm. chords is daunting, and then they think that every single chord is mm -hmm. different. So like to keep mm -hmm. it in their mind, like separated, is like yeah. I gotta know like you mean I gotta know yeah. like fifty chords to play all mm -hmm. these songs? Yeah, some overlap. But, it's fine. Yeah, yeah, but as you keep learning too, you kind of realize that like. Oh, these chords are like the same. They're called yeah. different things, but they yeah. they're actually like using the same shape mm -hmm. or they're they're all related. So it's really it becomes less important to know exactly mm -hmm. like specific chords for each thing, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And then like even songs too, where it's like, oh, that's a five chord song. It's like a lot of times it'll be like, well, it's like a four chord song, mm -hmm. but there's just like one extra chord for like a transition. So yeah. Yeah. it's not that big of a deal too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it just it I think Keep learning, and then you uh, just like trust that it becomes less daunting as you learn more. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, great. I I think uh, if you're bored with four chord songs, then maybe you're playing boring songs. You know, <laughs> like find a find oh, a song. I didn't, I didn't say it. <laughs> no, like find a song that makes you want to learn it, yes, and it doesn't yes, matter how many yes. chords chords it has. Mm -hmm. You're gonna want to learn those chords mm -hmm. in order to play it. How I, something else you might want to think about too is that. Some some of the best progression you'll ever mm -hmm. make in your musical skill is learning something that's just maybe a little hard for you right now. Yes. yes. Yeah. Challenge, the best thing you can cha do challenge yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, if you if you are if you are really comfortable with four chord songs, you find like maybe like a, a, even if it, even if it, sometimes even if the song is like way above your head, mm -hmm. the work you put into getting wherever you can get with that song, mm -hmm. you know, maybe you don't get all the way there, but on your journey on there, you'll pick up so much information about what you're supposed to be doing. If you've been playing surf and you tackle Spain, yeah, you're gonna have a hard time. Yeah. 
But the just even if you can get like the first eight bars of Spain, just learning the chords there, that will be a whole new things mm-hmm. for you and things you can learn to insert in other places. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, there there are only twelve notes in music, mm-hmm. and only so many chords you can build off of those twelve notes. Mm-hmm. It's not. It may seem at the beginning it's very daunting. It's not as daunting mm-hmm. as you think. You know, one thing that all good musicians eventually learn is we kind of learn to see beyond the song itself and we learn to see the the framework mm-hmm. that builds the songs and like all the connecting tissue between mm-hmm. all these different songs. That's why if you meet someone who's like a very experienced musician, that's why they learn songs so fast. It's not that they learn that song yeah. so fast, it's that that song shares this quality and this quality and this quality with a whole bunch of other songs they already knew. Yeah. So it's now it's just oh, I know all these cards already. I just have to remember to put them in the right order now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it, and then you have that song. So mm-hmm. okay. can I can I get an amen? Oh, <laughs> that's yeah. Preach, brother. <laughs> Preach. <Yeah>. Hallelujah. <laughs> Brothers that's, and sisters. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> the baby uh, GIF. Yeah, yeah. The baby GIF. Yeah. You, you know, that's something we did. That's, in, that's, in, your, <laughs> that's your thumbnail. <laughs> you know, something we did in music school, too, what? is that when we were studying jazz improv, yeah. the teacher would say, okay, the song for the week is this song. Okay. Learn this song in all 12 keys. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When dang. we all went to music school, that's exactly, that's exactly <laughs> what we did. When all four of us went to music yeah, we totally went to music school. <laughs> you went to school and there was music. That's yeah, all that's true. But yeah, no, that was a big thing. Mm. And it actually, it's kind of a lost art today. Mm-hmm. But if you were a jazz guy coming up in like the 40s, mm-hmm. especially, they that was that's how they kind of weeded out guys. Because mm-hmm. they would call tunes that everybody knew, but they'd call them in really random keys mm-hmm. that nobody played it in. And they'd be prepared for it because that's what they'd practice. Yeah. But, you know, like, uh, let's say the song, All the Things You Are, that's jet. All a the lot chords of, you are. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot of people play that key and flat. But if you come up on the bandstand, mm-hmm. they might be like, we'll play it in B natural. Woof. Which is a right. which is a really yeah. which all sound, the flats <laughs> all, all the flats to all the, all sharps, the sharps you are you know and and that would be their way of mm. testing like oh do you really know what you're doing yeah. uh, you know what I mean so you get on stand and then you're like oh yikes. wait but I can't play now and they'd be like cool get off the stage <laughs> you know but that's what our that's what some of my teachers would do like yeah. they'd say okay here's a song mm. all all twelve keys yeah. because. Oof. When Friday comes and comes for the playing, you know, playing test, I'm not gonna tell you which key I'm gonna call this yeah, song in. I'll choose it. And I you may <laughs> you know, and I may do something like we're gonna play the mm. melody here mm. and that's one chorus of chords ends before you hit the, mm. I'm gonna call another key and I expect you to be able to tra- everybody <laughs> transitions to we'll that key. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. You know. You weren't that student that went, there's only 11 keys. <laughs> um, um, actually. Um, <laughs> um, actually. Yeah. yeah that's, uh, and, and, then, and then another one they used to do is uh, like, there's a there's a pretty famous one, the tune Autumn Leaves. Most people know that one. Oh, yeah. 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 Even in Hawaii, Amy Gilliam did a great version of it. Yeah. And, we taught Autumn Leaves here, I think. We did, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah we yeah. have a lesson. And for so there's actually two keys that people play it in. So if you read the real book, the, mm-hmm. the fake book, it's E minor. Yeah. But the famous version from Miles Davis is a G minor. Mm. So 
another trick that people have used is they call autumn leaves on the bandstand and say, oh, what cue did it? The usual one. <laughs> and they're, and test, you, and they're testing you. They're testing you. So, the, so, that it, so what they mean yeah. is we're doing the key on the record, the G minor. G minor. Not but as if, opposed but, to the fake book. But if you've yeah. only learned it from the fake book, you would be thinking to do it in E minor. And mm. as soon as you start playing the E minor, they knew, okay, this guy, no. Nope. Out of here. Get out of here. <laughs> yep. Old this guy school even old, go here. <laughs> old school jazz guys were vicious, dude. Old school jazz guys. There's uh, that famous story about Charlie Parker. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you don't know, Charlie Parker was one of the world's greatest alto saxophonists. Mm-hmm. And the reason kind of he became Charlie Parker was uh, he was doing a jam session in Kansas City mm-hmm. and the drummer was a guy named Joe Jones, Papa mm-hmm. Joe. And because of his nickname was because he was kind of like that that guy who would take young guys under his wing and bring them along. So mm-hmm. like, but he was also known for being very high standard and notorious for not putting up with people's BS. <laughs> uh, he was also the drummer for the Count Basie Orchestra. Anyway, so Charlie Parker gets up there and he starts playing and his solo just mm-hmm. sucks. <laughs> so Joe Jones is in the middle playing and Charlie Parker's just playing all of his and it's not very good. Joe Jones stops in the middle, pulls his, pulls one of the cymbals off of his uh, drum set and just goes onto the stage right at Charlie Parker's feet. And he just stops playing and does this. And well, the message was quite clear. Paul went home. I'm not playing anymore. <laughs> well, and, and what happened was Charlie Parker went home and yeah. he... And he According to you know mm. legend, yeah. he then spent the next two years processing like fifteen hours a day. He spent the next day <laughs> selling his soul. Oh, That's yeah, what I, is. Maybe. <laughs> and he spent the next two years just practicing, 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 mm-hmm. practicing. So that by the time he came back, yeah, you know he was Charlie Parker, the mm-hmm. guy who could then play circles on everybody. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah, old school jazz guys were kind of vicious. Yeah, not everyone. Two years, that's all it takes. <laughs> two years, fifteen hours a day. <laughs> well, that's the thing. That's the difference, right? Like when when someone encounters something like that dramatic, you yeah. you do either, like one of two things: oh, yeah. either you prepare or you give up. You know. Yep. And and the de- degree that you do either mm-hmm. kind of shows what type of musician you're gonna yep. be, oh, yeah. right? If you're gonna be one at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, when I when I started out, like I I tell people this that like um, I learned you know the ukulele through like Silver Lining, which is like the the, the music you know like um, the music program in like elementary school. So really, all I knew was like Polly Wally and stuff. And then, <laughs> like I would jam with the local kids. They're like, oh, we want to play Carl Creator Boys. You can't play with us. Like you just know Polly Wally. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, oh, okay, and then like just stayed home studied like all the uh, all the Kyle creative boys stuff and all of a sudden i came back and play all these they're like no no you're too good <laughs> yes. yeah. i just want to play with you guys yeah. Just, yeah. so you just learned it inside and out yeah and then like there's yeah. nothing that that's they what could... i thought they wanted yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, could, they could name any song yeah. off and of I any play, album yes. and I play. you could play it <laughs> and they're like oh no we, no we don't want you to play we just didn't like you <laughs> I think that's it i think they just didn't like me so that's yeah. cool. Because, no, we don't have an excuse. Yeah, nah, yeah I know. You're <laughs> <laughs> All right, next question. <laughs> yeah, uh, I was gonna uh, kind of bring up to you, like, mm. if you think a song is boring and it only has four chords, like, uh, maybe you're learning like a really simplified version of the song too. Yeah. Because like, yeah. like uh, people think like Brown Eyed Girls is like a pretty simple song, mm-hmm. but if you learn like the picking and you learn everything to it. Mm-hmm. 
it can get more interesting so yep. try and look maybe look deeper in the songs you already know yeah and you because know, like i was also going to mention too like jazz a lot of jazz standards right mike like if you boil it down it's like oh the chords are pretty simple and it's like repetitive chord patterns mm -hmm. but yeah. then the more complex versions that color. people know is like that they're taking those simple chords and then they're going like mm -hmm. okay let's expand upon that and let's mm -hmm. exchange them for more complicated chords instead mm -hmm. but the root of what you're doing is still based in those basic yeah yeah, uh, yeah. music theory term two five ones yeah yeah you know because that i mean if you look at a, a old any old school jazz two five one two five one if you don't know what that means it's two chord five chord one chord yeah. that's the progression yeah. um and yeah i would i mean most jazz songs especially old school standards are based in motion of two five ones yeah in whatever key you're playing in so you know again then we go back to that thing of it's not that we know 10 million songs mm -hmm. it's that we know a bunch of chord progressions that 10 million songs could fit over yeah you know and know how to adapt it to like oh, okay so we're gonna play it in this key so i just right. gotta switch over some of these chords a little right bit. which is, is in in some in a lot of ways is simpler because if i have to think about each chord each song with its own chord progression yeah then then that's more like uh like very specific memorization whereas if i just remember that this song is a bunch of two five ones in b flat yeah and we're gonna move it to key of e flat all i think of is two five one in e flat like and that's a lot easier to remember than trying to think well it's this particular chord than this particular, attached to this song yeah and even like for uh string <clears throat> instruments it's even easier right because where, where we can go like okay we're gonna transpose to like this key then it's yeah. just like okay then i'll just move all my chords yeah. up Very two visual. frets or yeah. i'll move it down so many frets mm -hmm. so it really it might seem daunting but then yeah that's where it's like the the trick is that we're not it's not really that complicated no. <laughs> yeah. yeah using the same yeah. shapes doing that doing that shapes. as a saxophone player was a lot more complicated yeah than <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah yeah do it as a bass player now oh man it's easy go to whatever key you want i don't care <laughs> yeah. saxophone was like wait i do have to think about this for like two seconds <laughs> that's why when when you asked me it's like okay we're gonna do a test you have to play this scale i was like can I play it on guitar instead of trumpet? <laughs> you're like, no, you have to play on trumpet. I'm like, then I am in trouble. I cannot play that. <laughs> okay, uh, so this question is from Jim. Uh, yeah. Jim said, Aldrin and I discussed timing of beautiful koi. It's shown as 4-4, but it's really not that time. So mm -hmm. how, how about some comments about the real time signature? <laughs> okay, it's like, like 12 over eight, that's why, you know? Right. So um, beautiful koi, you can count it up as like So it's it's you know you can do it in four basically and and that's how we kind of taught it because everyone knows four you know yeah. four over four very 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 simple but if you want to get the feel for it uh, if you're gonna do it in four you kind of have to think about each you know um, each quarter note as in one two three two two three three mm -hmm. two three four two three one two three two two three 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 four two three 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 yeah three, or just three, triplets on every yeah, triplets on every beat so. So 
result, um, you know, poor Jim, he's like, is this like in in three four? Because the the strumming, he was trying to do it, you know, like with with a, with a four over four strum. Right. Um, the the timing, yes, and each chord is being held, kind of like in you know in in that um in that time but the rhythm just doesn't you know like, unless you think about the real uh time signature of it it's kind of tough to to play if, if you're like jim who have to kind of see things like in a very like very visually in notation form because he's a piano player you know um yes the real time signature is 12 over 8. Mm -hmm. uh, mr Mis mr music theory guy that's uh please explain <laughs> to us 12 over 8. Okay, time, <laughs> oh, so the time signature is just telling how you count. So there's yeah. two numbers. There's a top number and a bottom number. The top number tells you how many beats you count up to. Mm -hmm. Now, that is does not mean in 12-8, you always count <laughs> one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. JC always sold it. That is how many beats are in, but you can always um, combine them together. Mm -hmm. So the bot, so like for example, and we'll get to the, if thinking that way, right? The, the bottom you is can the think top one. <laughs> one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, one. And you can think like one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. You can think about it either direction. Now, what we usually teach in music is count subdivisions because it allows you to be more accurate. Mm -hmm. And if you're trying to do a strumming pattern that's based on that, I would slow down and then count that way because it, it makes you, it just keeps you a little bit more honest about where your strums yeah. are landing. The bottom number tells you what kind of note gets one beat mm -hmm. when you have it notated. Mm -hmm. Now, here's the thing. Time signatures in general, if you are not reading sheet music, mm -hmm. the whole bottom number is not going to make any sense. Because there's nothing on a piece of paper for you to relate that to. Mm -hmm. Okay. But if you are reading a piece of music, 12 over 8 means there's 12 notes in a measure and an eighth note is considered one beat. So in one measure of music, the one bar, you will find the equivalent of 12 eighth notes. Mm -hmm. That does not mean you're going to see 12 eighth notes always yeah. just laid out. What it means is that when you add up the values of all the notes and rests in that measure, it will add up to 12. Mm -hmm. And that, that's all it really means. So it can be, you know, quarter notes. It could be, it would be dotted, like four dotted quarter notes would mm -hmm. do that. It could be any number of those. It really just depends on like how, how you are choosing to express those notes. Mm -hmm. So yes, if you are someone who does read music, it does mean something. If, if you are someone who's playing mostly by ear, just pay attention to the top note when someone says it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because that's what you really what you're trying to count to. Yeah. Because if I tell you eighth, because if I tell you eighth notes or quarter notes or anything like that, and you're not really reading, you're just listening to it. If I play eighth notes really slow, they start to sound like quarter notes. <laughs> and if I play quarter notes really fast, they're gonna sound like eighth notes or sixteenth. Mm -hmm. So you know what I mean? Double. So unless you have a frame of reference mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. on paper, the bottom number in a time signature isn't really gonna make a whole lot of sense. It's the top number that you're worried mm -hmm. about. Yeah. And it's like a <laughs> hallelujah because like it's also like how you can count differently right so you right. can count you can go one two three one two three one or you can even go one two three four five six one two three four mm -hmm. five six mm -hmm. and they all equal the same thing yeah but sheet music is written a certain way usually just because it's making it trying to make it easiest for everybody to read mm -hmm. too mm -hmm. and so mm -hmm. like uh we have questions too like why don't you guys 
write like the whole strumming as sheet music <laughs> and it's because like if we did that yeah. the whole bar is like takes up so much room mm -hmm. the sheet music will probably be like 12 pages like just of strumming and then like it it becomes really messy too mm -hmm. like where it's like it's probably not helping the people who are asking for it mm -hmm. and the people who are who can read it will be like why did you write all of that that's yeah. like um, mm -hmm. too much information like you know mm -hmm. simplify it where i can like my eyes can scan over it easy and I can understand the information that's given to me yeah. too. I would say this, if someone's asking for that and you really want to understand what you're asking for, mm. uh, go on to uh, Petrucci Music Library. It's a, it's a free online website that just has a archive of uh, classical sheet music and do a search for classical guitar music. Yeah, he's laughing because he's seen it. He knows what that <laughs> yeah, looks yeah. like. I was Ooh. I was wondering where you're going with it. <laughs> yeah, that and, and Petrucci is a great place because mm -hmm. no matter what instrument you play, they probably have some sheet music mm -hmm. for it, and it's all free. You can just download it all as you see fit. Um, but look up classical guitar music. Classical guitar music does not use tabs. It doesn't use any sort of you know stuff like that. Mm -hmm. It's all straight out notated, including the strum, including the strumming pattern, the notes you're playing. I promise the first time you look at that, it is going to look, you're going to be like, I don't understand anything I'm saying. Mm -hmm. So keep in mind that if you're asking for something like that to be written out, that's what you're asking for. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And even if you write in something a little simpler, like like they do the tabs with yeah. notation, with mm -hmm. uh, like time notation. Yeah. So like all the numbers and you see like a little eighth note tail at the bottom. <laughs> even then, you're still asking for something that's going to be fairly complicated to look mm -hmm. at. Mm -hmm. And depending on where you are in your musical journey, you might not be ready for that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's a lot easier to just to 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 learn it from a I think learn it from a physical standpoint. You know what I mean? Yeah. As, as you're watching someone well, do it and then learning that, it's, and then, it's a groove. Like I, yeah. I, that's why we stopped doing um, like strumming patterns because like trying to do strumming patterns, trying to follow strumming patterns, it's just it's just not gonna work. And you have to feel the groove. And this is actually the perfect example because um. The last time I played this song, I don't want to call people out, but there's a group, you know, there's an ukulele group that I played this with and stuff. And they did strumming patterns, you know, to uh, to, to their songs. And we played, like, and they're like, oh, well, Aldrin, you know, you're playing with us. What would you like to play? I was like, hey, I'm from Kauai. Let's play like Hanalei Moon, you know? So I, uh, or beautiful Kauai, one of, one of the two, both same, like, kind of, kind of mm -hmm. feel to it. And then they're kind of like, um, uh, there's a night. just not the same no matter how slow you play that song with that strumming pattern it's just not going to work can you, you know? try can you oh. try to play that again and then play how you would play that oh there's an island across yeah. the sea you know like there's that like so if you don't feel the groove, you're not going to get that because it's uh, it's still like say four over four, but because the groove tells me that this this is the groove that we're going to with this song, you know, like that's that's what you want to follow instead. Because even if you can't do the strum that I'm doing, if you just do this.
even if you just did that, like that would still be better because you're following the groove as opposed to like, well, you know, like down, down, up, up, down, up. It's just a tried and true, works with everything. Not really. And like, and it just makes things kind of sound monotonous. It sounds very repetitive. And, um, and especially like in, in an ukulele group, but like that's, I get it, you know, like I get why people do that. I get people just kind of having some fun and stuff, but for the most part, I think people should be listening and following the groove instead yeah. of like, here's like, what's the strumming pattern to this? You know what I mean? I, and I've said it many, many times, like <clears throat> if you ever, you know, like, oh my God, Jimi Hendrix, what happened? You're alive, you know, like, and you have brand new guitar strings, let's <laughs> jam. You know, it's like, oh, I really like, uh, I really like Voodoo Child. Love that song, you know? Uh, what's the strumming pattern that you use? Yeah. What, what do you, because uh, I want to play with you. I wanna, you know, I want to yeah. be able to follow you. What's, Actually, what's you, the strumming pattern you use in that, Jimmy? You know, it's funny, because that just, that just yeah. connected me back to yeah. the first, one of the first questions. So if you are playing four chord songs and you mm -hmm. are getting bored with it, <laughs> it's maybe, that, that's, yeah. maybe that's one of the reasons. Yeah. If, using the same rhythm for if you're all using the, songs. the same rhythm for all the songs you've been mm -hmm. doing yeah. that can definitely lead to a sense of like same thing yeah mm -hmm. so maybe some of the songs maybe you want to start to dig in a little bit to like the original versions and see if you might find a strumming pattern for yourself that's a little more authentic to that specific song because <laughs> yeah. the, the typical down down up up down up, that works great for lots of yeah. things yeah and if you're just getting started that's yeah, yeah. awesome. Hey, it's you awesome. know, it's awesome. But you can't but, do that to everything. But you can't do that to everything, <laughs> you know. And even if you try, <laughs> eventually you should work beyond that. You yeah. you know, eventually you should work to head towards a little bit more. Like like we say, like Holly Moon of Beautiful Quiet works with the down yeah. down up. It does. You can play it in a group, but it's not authentic. Yeah. It's not it's not the way the song really goes. Yeah, it doesn't. Now that being said, vibe. maybe if you're like the like two weeks into your ukulele journey, maybe figuring out a 12 way showing pattern is gonna be like too much. Too, yeah, too, yeah, you're gonna yeah. feel like T Rex arms, maybe. Yeah. But if you're six months in, a year in, mm -hmm. start digging into that stuff. Cause mm -hmm. I mean, by that point, you will have developed some of that muscle memory, some of that coordination. Mm -hmm. You know, don't, I think what you were talking about is true. Like starting patterns, some people look at it as the end rather mm -hmm. than the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's really what it is. Strumming patterns for you is you a beginning. Mm -hmm. Yeah, something to help you get started mm -hmm. with it. But it's not where you end. It is definitely not some, a one size fits yeah. all thing. It's eventually you want to go over that. The, you know, what what else can you do? What yeah. is possible? You know, as as uh, one of the biggest um, promoters of strumming patterns back in the day, I humbly apologize for, for all of that because, you know, Ukulele Underground kind of made it mainstream. I mean, I'm not saying we created like, you know, the concept of strumming patterns, but we definitely made it mainstream and available to ukulele players. And it just, it was a formula that worked so well. It's like, oh man, and you mean if I just told you the pattern, you'd be able to play with me? Awesome, let's do that. But then what we were doing was kind of a disservice, you know, like yeah. we weren't creating musicians at that point. We we're creating people who just like kind of paint by numbers, you know? It, yeah, it's kind of interesting because I think that's kind of the same mm -hmm. idea with sheet music even is yeah. that like sheet music originally was created. People think that sheet music is the end goal, right? Like mm -hmm. if I can read sheet music and play off of sheet music, mm -hmm. that means I can play off of music mm -hmm. or I can play music, which is kind of true, but yeah. Uh, mechanical. Yeah. yeah. Mechanically. As, as my yeah. Filipino parents would say, there's no feeling. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's no feeling. And, 
and the Where's reason the, feeling? the reason why she music was invented if you think about it mm. is because they didn't have a recorded way to be like well just listen to somebody else mm. play the song and kind of play along with mm. it or like watch somebody else there is only so many people who knew how to play the instrument right yeah. so they wrote down sheet music and then they're like okay here's the basics these notes <laughs> all mean that you play these things uh, I gotta leave yeah. to go to the other side of the country and yeah. sell more pianos. So I'm giving you the she music, this piano. Yeah. You take care of it. I'll come back in, you know, maybe two years, and we'll see how you're doing. And they, they left, right? But then, yeah, and then it became like the standard, and that's mm -hmm. what everybody bases it off of. But I think if you ask musicians of the time to even yeah. like, oh, would you have rather done that or have like a recording of you playing mm -hmm. or like some way that they can watch you or interact with you they would be like i'd rather them play along with me and yeah. like learn the actual yeah. feeling of the music too right there's not, more than not a few there's more than a few musical things that we use today that were actually created for that purpose yeah that people kind of lost along like uh, a real popular the metronome mm -hmm. everybody today uses a metronome as like basically like a very basic drum machine yeah but that's not what it was invented for so uh, if you look at it, and you would remember, you remember, you remember, there's a, oftentimes when you see it, there's an MM and then the, the number. Yeah. So MM stands for Mazel's metronome. There was a guy named Mazel. He, he invented the metronome. But the only reason he invented it was not as like a tool. So you go, pop, 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 pop. What it was is <laughs> in, in the time he lived, uh -huh. he was selling music, his own music. Mm -hmm. And how do you tell someone how fast the music is? Yeah, mm -hmm. it's like, it's, it's this fast. <laughs> right, right, but you remember, you're yeah. not there. Yeah. So he invented, so it was also a marketing thing because he invented yeah. a machine that he would then sell. Yeah. So, so you want to play my music, here's the metronome marking, buy a metronome so you actually know what this means. Yes, yeah. Yeah. And that's why the metronome was actually, made. all it was was just to give someone a reference so they knew <laughs> how fast or slow any particular given piece of music was. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But you're right too, Kahai, and then like, Sheet music is like the beginning of stuff, and yeah. If, if anybody remembers this as well, it's gonna be him, mm -hmm. because when I used to stand in front of them in band, mm -hmm. almost everything I harped on was not on the paper. Mm -hmm. Yeah, whoa, well, I. I mean, it was, but you know, like dynamics. Dynamics yeah. is my huge thing. Yeah, you don't have dynamics, you got not really good music. <laughs> oh, well, like oh. you probably know, or me and my sister didn't really learn how to read sheet music until later. Mm. And so even in high school, like, <clears throat> I, I don't think I fooled it. I, I wasn't reading sheet music. I was just playing and then it's like, oh, I think I played that right, I guess. <laughs> Kapal's finest. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> Kapal yeah. High School's finest. My proudest moment. <laughs> I, that would not have slid <laughs> no. at, at Kauai High School. That That is... <laughs> Mac would have sniffed yeah, you out super he, fast. He would have known. He, Which really he means... got a symbol thrown at you or something. <laughs> or, you know? or his, met, his metronome. His metronome. Or his, yeah. his baton. His baton. baton yeah, that would not have... Yeah. All that really means is that you were at the right school. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or, you know, what if he went to Kauai High School and learned music, you know, like the, the proper way? And I'm not knocking on whatever, I'm, like. I'm kind of thinking the just... way Kahai was in high school, Macintosh would have just. Yeah, I don't know, maybe. I probably traumatized him more than I did. <laughs> traumatized him too to be a better musician. <laughs> yeah. So it happens to everybody. But then that's like the thing too, is because I didn't read music. 
I, I can I could hear what was being played easier. Mm. So later on, when I'm not, you know, when I wasn't playing trumpet, I can. I, that's how I learned to jump in with people, just like, oh, I, I don't yeah. know what the chords are being played, but I can hear what's mm. being played, and I can kind of figure it out that's myself. Learn by ear, which is yeah. good. That's yeah. Good. So good. it's like, it is. It's not a bad skill to have, but it's like mm. two different skills of playing yeah. music. But I mean, yeah. following the group, that's exactly what we're talking about. You know, like that's that's what you did. You listen to, you know, you listen to others, or you you followed others and stuff. You're yeah. following their group. Like you're not. Like what's what's the strumming pattern, you know, kind of thing. But but yeah, going back to the uh, original question, um, twelve over eight, it it can you know it can be taught if if you're teaching like a bunch of beginners and stuff and people who just kind of want to learn the song. Uh, if you tell them like, okay, well this song's gonna be in twelve over eight, they're like, okay, they're, that's that's where they stop listening, you know. But if you tell them, okay, well it's it's these chords and here's the strum, one, two. Even if you're just doing it down up down up, you would do yourself a better favor than doing yeah, doing down down up up down up. If you just did across the sea, that would yeah. that would be that would be better. Just to kind of follow the uh, the tempo of the uh, of the groove. But if you really listen to the groove and listen to like what. The strums are in between the uh, the uh, the downs and the ups and stuff. I think yeah. that that would you know would be better. Pretty much for like a bunch of people, right? When yeah. we do like live coaching or stuff, mm -hmm. uh, we'll tell them like, oh, okay, you got all the notes. Now go listen to the the original song, yeah, and, and you'll you'll that. get the groove yes. and you'll get the phrasing and you'll get so much more information from just the basic of like knowing the notes too. And I I think like uh, Hawaiian music, especially like. It, even if we try to write it in sheet music and we try to write the swing as close as we can there's just like a feeling to hawaiian swing that you can't really like put down in mm. sheet music yeah. so it's like really helpful if you can just like listen to the song and feel like okay there's you know not or you, i guess you could count like one two three one two three but then for us growing up we just thought it was like you know we just counted to the four too we didn't count like one two three one two three and then that's why it kind of confused us when we were like uh how do we count this out because we know it's a little bit different but we can still feel that bass like four of our four yeah, too yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah and the emphasis is on the main on the one beats two, of the of the three, yeah if you four. Will. yeah Okay. Um, any last minute like fast questions? Because we're a little bit late, so we can answer maybe one more. Uh, okay. Uh, let me see. Okay. Uh, yeah. This one. This one is good for Mike okay. too. I think. Uh, looking at getting my first ukulele. I've been playing guitar for twenty six years. Should be a smooth transition. What are your honest thoughts on the Kala Bamboo concert? Would it be a good first ukulele? Oh, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> that is a Mike question. Yeah. There you go. It's a good because I own the I own the tenor version of that. <laughs> Um, I I really like that one. Yeah. Uh, so far, uh, I've had okay, it for good. about two. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I've had it for like about two, three years now. Yeah. Two or three years. Something. The thing I like about it, it sounds good. It plays well. Um, so far, in terms of like how it's handled the heat and humidity mm -hmm. living in Hawaii, it's not really warped itself at all. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I I really dig the thing. My person, the Is personal it bright? thing. Is it like you know? It can, if you keep the stock strings on it, it will be. Um, I actually put Worth Browns on it. Mm -hmm. And to me, that that really mm -hmm. nice. It's it's nice, clear, crisp, but also fairly mellow to me. Mm -hmm. So it's 
So it, it, it's a sound that I like, you know. And as anytime we get to the subject of strings, mm -hmm. you know, your 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 uh, experience may vary depending yeah. on well, what you're looking for. It depends on your you know your attack. Yeah, we've talked about this in like yeah. before. Yeah, preference. Yeah, preference. it's all preference. Yes. Yeah. So nice. yes. Yeah. When when Kala came out with that one, I asked Mike about it. Yeah. And mm -hmm. um, because Mike mainly. Upton. Huh? Yeah, Mike Upton, right? No, 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 Mike. no this, oh, Mike. this Mike. Oh, okay. Yeah, because he brought it by. Mm. He said, he said, oh yeah, I, I ended up picking up one, mm. and so he brought one, brought it by, mm. so that I could try it, mm. because, because um, I had never played a bamboo ukulele that sounded really good, you know, <laughs> and like I mean, this one I can't say that this one sounds like really good, but mm. it sounds a lot better than any of the other ones that I've mm -hmm. played. For what it costs, it's a good ukulele. Yeah. How much yeah. is that? Uh, I think it's like 175 bucks for the tenor. For the tenor, oh, wow. yeah. So maybe yeah. like 150 ish for the concert. Yeah. So there's, considering there's what else is in that same range, mm -hmm. yeah, I really like it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So there was um, I know people are gonna be like, oh, I know he's gonna talk about Kanye and stuff. I, uh, and and this is like during the Seattle like festival that that we did and stuff. Um, they had those like planetary box set. Like for for Islanders, oh yeah, it was like hundred twenty bucks at the Seattle event, and it has like the the tuner and the, the polished cloth. I was like, what? This is how much is this really? Because uh, I think normally it was like one forty and mm -hmm. stuff, but like one twenty. So I don't know. All I'm trying to say is like, man, nukes nowadays are like, what? How much for yeah. what? And what do you get? You know, yeah. like that's oh, that's it's in insane. Every, in every, uh, I think in every era of mm -hmm. uh, area of music in the, uh, equipment, yeah, the, the what you can get now for how little you can yeah. get for is pretty ridiculous. Well, because uh, um, in comparison, I went to um, at Shirley's in Island Bazaar, and I wanted to buy an ukulele for my for my cousin because she wanted to like start getting to the ukulele. I was like, okay, well, let me uh, let me ask about you know like the, the ukuleles they have here and stuff. And I was asking about you know like, of course the Islanders because like you know like Joe and Kristen were there and they can kind of like okay, well this is this and then kind of explain. And um, you know the the ones that they had at Island Bazaar they had like nicer ones for like two hundred and up. And I was like, oh, okay, well you know like you don't really need like a coal one or like an acacia one you like to get or whatever whatever it was you know like that that was kind of uh it's kind of pricey so i'm like okay well let me go you know let me let me go look up some stuff and then the next week when we went to uh to seattle and we were like setting up the booth the conlea booth i'm like how much is this because i was trying to sell the ukes and so i'm like how much is this <laughs> 120 special for that like you know for that uh for that place and I'm like, well, how much is it like normally? Like 140. They're like, oh, Dream, you sell this at your store. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah. oh yeah, that's that's right. I sell you. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I'm not here to like to to yeah. you know to to be like, hey guys, you know, like. I, but I kind of had the same thing too. My my mom yeah. was like, oh okay, uh, what if you get a uke for your nephew? And mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, I'll get him like a soprano, right? Because mm -hmm. he's like three. He's right. a baby, so right. he really needs the smallest one. I'm like, I remember we have a box set and mm -hmm. it comes with everything and it should be a soprano, right? Like to include everything. Mm -hmm. And then when I looked at it, I'm like, it's a concert yeah. with all this stuff and it's yeah. for this price. It's like crazy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you would think it would be like, uh, you know, and it's just like, uh, you might save like a few dollars mm -hmm. getting a soprano, but it's like, yeah, you would think a box set would be a soprano because mm -hmm. it's just like, Oh, just a small, and we'll just ship it to you and everything, yeah. right? So it really was like, oh, okay, uh, yeah. 
I ended up telling my mom, I'll just get him something else. I'll get, I'll get him my own. Like, don't worry yeah, about it. Yeah, it was, I don't know. And that, that was the funny part. I'm like, I'll train you to sell this. <laughs> like, oh, I should really take a look at my store, I guess. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so 175 tenor, that's not bad. Yeah. That's not bad. Not bad. It may be a little bit. I mean, obviously, I got it a couple of year, a few years ago now. Oh, maybe but two hundred bucks, maybe. Maybe, but even at that price, I think that's a pretty decent price mm-hmm. for something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just surprised because I, I've tried a bunch of bamboo ukuleles, and mm-hmm. like because in order to get a top out of bamboo, you you have to laminate that, right? Right. You yeah. have to like put put strips of bamboo together and there's no such thing as a solid bamboo there's not, top yeah there's no yeah. solid bamboo top <laughs> yeah and so yeah Kala uh, figured I mean they, they've been working with like composite mm-hmm. woods for a while so mm-hmm. like it seemed like they figured it out and mm-hmm. it's like it is it is what it is but it sounds pretty good as, as far, mm-hmm. far as you know. It's also sustainable. That's one thing if people think about stuff like that. You know, yeah. I mean, it's bamboo is definitely not a, a, a wood that's going to go anywhere anytime mm-hmm. soon. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 Plus, I think it looks cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's all one color because it's made out of that solid bamboo, bamboo. basically. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. I think before, like, we used to tell people, like, uh, get like a $200 ukulele at least, like, to make sure that the yeah. tuners work, that, you know, stay in tune, it's playable. That's the standard right mm-hmm. but now it really is like oh, maybe a hundred yeah at least at least do a hundred and like hundred and from all the major brands and I, I would feel pretty comfortable about recommending that it should be good and yeah. playable yeah. so what is the cheapest uke that you guys have at um at scotty's uh like call a waterman expensive. maybe i should say least expensive i think it's yeah. cheap sounds yeah. like it's call a waterman okay how much is that like 50 bucks Whoa, that's a surprise. But that's the, that's plastic. like the all plastic. So, yeah, all now, plastic. The, what, there is one thing for, for this. The, that might be one I would recommend mm-hmm. for your nephew. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Because number one, they actually, I mean, trust me, they, they're, they're not going to sound like a beautiful ukulele. <laughs> they do sound kind of like yeah. a lunchbox with strings. But, <laughs> but they're 50 bucks. <laughs> but, they're, but number one, it's 50 bucks. Number yeah. two, it will actually kind of stay in tune. Yeah. Number three, you could take if if he really gets super attached mm-hmm. to it. Mm-hmm. It is a kind of like he could take everywhere. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because little kids do that. They get attached to something and then they don't want to get rid of it. So hey, we're gonna go to the beach. I'm yeah. taking my ukulele. I'm we're gonna go camping. I'm taking my ukulele. <laughs> you know, and it, he's three. Yeah. So there's gonna be moments where he's just super excited and the thing goes flying through yeah. the air. Yeah. My and, I remember I, I bought one for my uh, for my nephew and that was like years back and that was it was perfect because he's you know. I mean, he doesn't really play it, but he uses it for like a bat or something <laughs> every now and then. So I'm like, all oh, right, on that, that works. That yeah, works. Yeah. And yeah, and like I said, they're fairly indestructible. Mm-hmm. You know, if he breaks it, he's gonna have to try. You yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah. Usually, like when we uh, recommend ukuleles too, and somebody says they're getting their first ukulele ever, mm-hmm. and they're like, they're like, oh, you know, I can go up to a thousand dollar ukulele. Oh. It's like. Uh, hold, yeah, well, you know, just, hold your roll a little bit. Yeah, like maybe relax, look, relax. <laughs> yeah, because if you get something that's cheaper, uh, you'll find out what you like about it, right? Mm-hmm. And you'll learn about what you like, the features <laughs> that you like, and then that way you can actually get a better ukulele, and yeah. that is more tuned to your your picks too, right? Mm-hmm. So and yeah, I, I think that hundred to two hundred dollar range is like perfect, and then like 
for kids, yeah, like a watermelon is great, or watermelon, <laughs> waterman yeah. is, is great. Yeah. Now, there, there's a balance of that, too. You know, if someone's coming in and buying one, but they're already an experienced musician. Mm-hmm. Or they're Mark just, Zuckerberg. Or they're Mark that, Zuckerberg. That happened. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, no, even like the guy who just yeah. bought, uh, so we just sold a couple weeks ago a Connie Leia 2022 Platinum. Oof, okay. It was well. like 65. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the guy was not an ukulele and it was his first ukulele. But he was like a professional drummer. Mm. He was a guitarist, studio guitarist. Mm. You know, I I said like, yeah, this thing is beautiful. But keep Mm. in mind, this thing is like sixty five hundred bucks. And he's like, Mm. I saw his hat as like Martin Owners coming in. He said, dude, I got a custom triple O coming. That's eleven thousand dollars. Well, I'm not not worried. Someone like that, if they're buying their first ukulele, that's a slightly different thing because, mm-hmm. like, they already kind of have instincts yeah. about what they like. Yeah, and what um, stringed instruments should sound like. Yeah, yeah. and and too, if you are a beginner, yeah, if you're like, and you're not even sure whether yeah. or not this is something you want to do, yeah, nah, I'd probably stay in that hundred to two hundred range. If you are an experienced musician who's looking to make like a sideways thing, yeah. like I play guitar for this long, yeah, it's true. and I think an ukulele might be cool. Spending a thousand on your first ukulele might actually not, not be a yep. terrible thing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because your if you're a really expensive player, your standard mm-hmm. of what you're gonna expect out of an instrument is mm-hmm. a lot. Like if if I gave this guy, I don't know, the string instrument you don't play, uh if I gave him a cavaquinho, <laughs> <laughs> he he would have an idea about like action and how yeah, he should so. feel and yeah, how he should yeah, play. Yeah. So maybe if we were to find him one, I would buy him mm-hmm. a better one. Yeah, the, the student model. The, the, like, yeah, student model because I mean, of that. Two two kids in, you know, I'm about to have my second kid. I think I'm buying the cheapest one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it, there's a balance there. Now, like I said, if you're and I do tell people, like if they're walking in my door, mm-hmm. I don't play anything. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, no, you don't need to go that far. You don't need to go yeah. that far. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's. All right, I think that's that's a that's a great place to put put a pin on it, I guess. And all right, we we have a store, I guess. Because, which I should I feel like I should mention that. What is that guys. website? Uh, store shop dot shop dot We have uh, curated ukes. We have um, we have some old dream models. If you guys are interested in old dream models, we have that um, that box set I was just talking about. Is a planetary box set. If you guys. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a it's a concert ukulele with a tuner, with a polished cloth, and you know, like you you get coordinates to a tree that they planted for that specific ukulele that you bought. So it's, it's kind of cool. Just kind of give back. That's what the plant a tree box set is. It's got everything you need in order to start jamming your ukulele. And with a and if you're you know you're new to this or you want to gift this to someone, I think it comes because it's an islander. It comes with two a two week free trial to UU Plus. That that means you can take a couple of private lessons with yours truly. Two like you know one one every week or something. You know that for the two weeks that you have it, try it out or you know like gift it to someone. Take the two weeks for yourself and just get a couple of private lessons from yours truly. But yeah, I should really talk about the store a little bit more because that was an eye opening thing. They're like, yeah, you sell this. Like, I, I, do. I should probably sell stuff. Yeah. You, should, uh, you could buy that ukulele that you were going to buy from your own from store. From me, from my own store. <laughs> 
<laughs> which I did honestly I did so I got uh, I got Auntie Lena calling like, or she texted me she's like Aldrin is is this is this like a mistake where you just tried out the website like, did, did, yeah. <laughs> like no I this is for real like cause uh, I, and I also didn't want to ask them for stuff you know what I mean mm-hmm. like I, cause they'd be like okay well if you need a new Coelho like I'm you know like I wanted to like I want to support like every now and that's that's something that I could you know that I could afford so yeah I got a text like almost immediately like 15 minutes after I ordered it they're like Audrina I just got this did you mean, just, to, did do- you mean to do this <laughs> Yeah, from Kaimana too. Like I got a text from Kaimana, like really, bro. It's like, oh yeah, yeah, that, yeah. I, I mean, please, can I just buy it for the full price? Can I do that? Because apparently, every time I go to stores, I just keep asking for discounts. Right? <laughs> so that's what happens. Apparently, at stores, you know. <laughs> so, anyway, we'll see you, folks. Check out shop.ukulele.com. Grab yourself a uke, right? Yes. Or if if you want, you know, if you want to try them out, you want to put your hands on them and stuff. Go to go to Koi. Scotty's music. Try them out. They, yeah, they probably have that same uke. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we have most and, of them. And they have uh, the that kala um, bamboo that we were just talking. Oh, about. not right now. No, yeah, that's actually, they don't. Actually, we don't actually have. That <laughs> they, they we, don't. I just lied to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one's actually been a little hard to get. Okay, all right. You can buy Mike's one. <laughs> yeah, talk to Mike. <laughs> talk to. Yeah, talk to Mike. All right. We'll see you folks next time. Uh, next week. Big announcement, Cynthia Lynn joining us for a little Friday Live Jam. Cynthia Lynn, the, uh, the the songstress herself coming in, joining us for a little Friday Live Jam. We're gonna be jamming it out with Miss Cynthia Lynn next week, uh, Friday, 1 p.m. Hawaii Standard Time. Be there or, you know, don't, or just go do whatever you're, you're gonna do. <laughs> no, come join us, it'll be fun, it'll be fun. I'll see you folks next time, have a great weekend. Thank you so much, Mike. Mahalo gozaimasu for, for, for sharing your, your knowledge and talents with us. Anytime, Russ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> Aloha. <laughs> <laughs>